Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup to nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Listeners, welcome back to today's episode of On the Side with Jackie London. And interestingly, it's also On the Side with Jackie and Stacey London. My guest today is my sister, Stacey London, who really needs no introduction and frankly should probably be a regular here. Um, Stacey, in case you are not familiar with her, she was best known for her time as co-host on What Not to Wear, a reality television show that was all about the makeover, right? I mean, we were really into those in the 2000s. I mean, we're still in the 2000s. Where are we right now? (laughs) Anyway, I'm just excited because I am thrilled to share this interview with you. Uh, My sister is now the CEO of a company called State of Menopause, and we get into all conversations about uh, preventative health, about well-being, about what it means to be well at different phases of life, about where our systems kind of lead us astray and confuse us and where they can support us and where to look for guidance when it comes to any and all health-related advice or solutions or Um, how to get creative with taking ownership of your own health. It's an awesome conversation. I am thrilled to spend more time with my sister. I mean, who's not, frankly? But we cover a lot of ground and it's not, the, the conversation is not entirely focused on menopause or on biology in general. It's really focused on the conversation about and around wellness in 2022. So there's so much here for everyone. Uh, I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode. So I'm just going to shut up and get to it. But if you have any questions, if you like this episode, if you want more Stacey, if you want more of anything that we talk about on today's episode, let me know by leaving a, a review. You can leave it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this right now. Just tap a little five-star love and leave a nice review. I'd love to hear that. Honestly, I could use a little pick-me-up right now, but I think you're going to love this episode. So please stay in touch. Let me know what you think. You can always reach out and DM me with your questions and with questions about the episode at Jacqueline London RD on Instagram and on Twitter and really everywhere. All right, find me, page me, call me. I will catch you on the other side. Enjoy the episode. But first, let's get to a quick listener question. All right. Today's question, are there any nutrients or specific foods that we should focus on eating when it comes to having a late night snack? 
who love this one. All right. So I recommend bedtime snacks that have a couple key qualities. Uh, first of all, looking for combos of carbs and protein to promote satiety and support serotonin production. That is huge because, you know, sometimes, um, you know, for having just those refined carbs, like say in the form of a gummy bear, that can give us that sort of immediate blood sugar release and, and then a little bit of a crash, but it won't help us stay asleep, right? So we want to have something that's a little bit more complex so that there's this kind of steady release of sugar into our bloodstream to help us promote serotonin production in the brain. Okay. So... The other thing to think about is looking for options that are going to be lower in total fat. I say that because while all types of fat and especially unsaturated fats have a place in your other meals and snacks throughout the day, laying down after a high fat meal, like 30 to 60 minutes, that can really disrupt the process of digestion and absorption of those foods, right? They take longer to move through your GI tract and they take more energy to actually metabolize their nine calories per gram versus four calories per gram with carbs and protein. So if you're already suffering from GERD or if you already feel like you're staying awake later and you're not really sure what's going on, but you know you're having like a late night meal, those are things to keep in mind. They also will just be simpler, like the lower in fat options will just be simpler for you to digest. So I often give the example of like something I personally... love having at nighttime, but like to leave a little bit of time between this snack and and going to bed is a bowl of ice cream, right? Because while it kind of meets a lot of the other criteria, it can take more energy for me to digest and absorb because it'll stay in that that area of your GI tract longer. That can be tricky if you're going to go and lay down within a 30-minute window right after. So I'd say if you are having ice cream just like me after dinner, then you're going to want to either swap it for something that's lower in fat, like a glass of milk, or or you may want to just space it out better. So you may want to bump that to be a little bit earlier so that you're leaving about 60 minutes to 90 minutes before bed, being upright before you go lay down. Okay. Last, I would say consider some hydrating foods. I'm always seeing clients who are coming up short on their hydration goals, guys. And you know, I just beat this drum to death and I'm sorry. I can't help it. I just can't. But I I understand like it's totally tough to get up from your chair to grab that extra glass of water when you're like, in back-to-back Zoom meetings all day, but since it can be so easy to confuse thirst and hunger, I would say rule it out by having a cup of water or two, or even that glass of milk, or like a sensible herbal tea and a biscuit. I mean, it sounds like grandma's here, but maybe I am, and I'm okay with it, right? So rule it out, have that cup of water or uh, herbal tea before bed, and that will help to to kind of give you a little bit of that extra fluids. And even if um, even if you're having a little bit of fruit with that, that's another great choice because you're also going to get some key minerals, calcium, potassium, magnesium, super important for balancing out um, the fluid electrolyte balance in your body cells, which can often lead to constricting of blood vessels, which can keep you up, right? So we want to make sure that everything's just kind of calming down, just a little vasodilating before bed, right? We just want to support that production of those neurotransmitters in your brain and to also help support nerve and muscle function for blood pressure regulation. That would be calcium, magnesium, and potassium. Stay hydrated. Make it a low-fat snack that combines protein and carbs, and you're good to go, all right? So on that note, let us get into today's episode. I can't wait to hear what you think. DM me your nutrition questions at JacquelineLondonRD, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. We're and we're here. here. We're Welcome, here. Sissy. Welcome. Hi, Sissy. Welcome to On the Side. Let's talk about you today. What are you doing today? Well, today, 
Today, today I've yet to take a shower. I'm taking the jug for I three walks, that. but in out my of demand, spare out time, of sheer demand, yeah, out, exactly. out of sheer demand. But in, aside from being a dog mom in my spare time, I'm mm-hmm. now the CEO of State of Menopause, which is a personal and lifestyle brand for people who are experiencing menopausal issues, whether they come to them, you know, through age, through chronological age, or surgical or medical menopause, or even gender non-binary menopause. Um, and all of the kind of adjacencies that surround that. So the company really has a couple of goals, right? We make product in order to help alleviate some of the kind of acute issues that you may be having during menopause. But there's also the need for a few things when it comes to this issue, which, you know, you know this, but you know, not everybody knows that I had like a pretty difficult perimenopausal experience. And because I knew so little about menopause, because I did not find out anything from my medical community, nor did my doctors really give me any explanation about what menopause was. It wasn't until I was like deeply in it and kind of using my brain to dismiss or explain all of these issues that were happening at once based on either having spine surgery or when our daddy died, right? Mm, You know, that mm -hmm. one was a physical trauma, the other was an emotional trauma. And all of these issues that I was experiencing, I thought were due to anxiety or grief or all of these other things. Now, those things probably amplified my perimenopausal experience, but they certainly didn't explain it. So one of the goals of the company wasn't just simply to make product because I feel like we do need to come to this community with some answers, which was yeah. which is what product is meant to be, right? What do you tell your friends? Like, I love, I love what your what lipstick color are you wearing? I love it, right? When yeah. you're having a hot flash, a lot of times because of the internalized stigma around this stage of life and this quote unquote being past your expiration date bullshit, we don't want to talk to our doctors. We don't want to talk to our partners. We want right. to talk to our friends. So, you know, building community is very important to us, but I would say that, you know, the way that I have started to look at this is it's maybe fivefold, right? I think it's five. We want to destigmatize the issue of menopause and certainly the adjunct issue of aging for women in particular and those who identify as women. We want to contextualize menopause. Mm -hmm. In other words, really talk about what it means to look at the lifespan of your hormonal health and health in general and where there are these natural transitions that allow for opportunity and better information and understanding of your own health. We want to normalize this conversation so that you can have it with your doctor, that you can feel that you are doing this in a way that brings, you are bringing informative questions to the meetings with your doctor. Therefore, your doctor can either say they don't know because there's only yeah. two hours of menopause training in medical school, or Just they like can at least guide training. you. Such bullshit. Right. It's yeah. like they can you know, guide you in the right direction. So it's important for us to empower anybody who's going to see a doctor or a care practitioner with information that helps to normalize this conversation and helps to normalize getting the kind of help they need. Then we need to optimize this Mm -hmm. entire period of life where we may be experiencing things that are hard, but creating product to address the needs of this community. That's Mm -hmm. how I see optimization. And the final phase is democratization in that We need to recognize socioeconomic diversity. We need to recognize racial diversity. We need to recognize gender diversity and make products available and affordable, either for those people who can't go on hormones or don't want to, or who just need rapid relief in the moment. So, you know, there, this is a a big long-term project. And for me, obviously it's a huge pivot from 
what I've done for the last 30 years, which is, mm-hmm. you know, style and fashion and makeovers and things like that. But for me personally, this is not a huge leap, right? I, when I was a stylist, certainly when I did what not to wear, it was never about the clothes, right? It was always about this idea that yeah, we were going gonna to- Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't even feel like it is. It doesn't even feel like a pivot. It feels like a natural, it feels like a natural um, ascension. Ascension. Oh, I, I love the word ascension. But I think, you know, when we think about like really what was yeah. at the base of, of, of what not to wear, it was- how do you see yourself? You know, how do you feel? Like, how do we raise your self-esteem, mm. your self-awareness, your self-acceptance? And now I feel like I'm doing that around a very stigmatized issue that does make people feel less self-aware and less self-accepting and does make your self-esteem plummet because you start to not look like yourself. You start not to feel like yourself and you have no agency around these issues because you have no information, knowledge, or education about them. And yes, there are some companies that are doing this. And yes, there are certainly communities that are now really popping up to address this issue, but none, I think that are, you know, kind of looking at the full scope of what it means to educate and support in terms of a product selection. You know, there's also no language around it, right? Like, because yes. there, like, we have no vocabulary for using any of the things that have to do with anything. I mean, really, if you want to go even broader than that, like anything around aging, like there's no actual language to describe because certain things are true of any life stage. And then certain things are just true for you and just true for me and just true for for somebody else well, there's no yeah, way I mean, to it's like so, it's, it's like sociobiology right? right i mean i try and always kind of but i think you're right i think that you know we are just developing language around the fact that this is women's issue that needs advocacy mm. that you know this idea of when you talk about the top of funnel the biggest kind of mm-hmm. audience and customer base that you have is a woman 40 to 60 who has female reproductive organs or you know uh, unless it's been surgical menopause who is coming to this in a couple of different ways right there is the havoc that hormones are wreaking on the body but we're also coming to an age in where society has kind of stopped paying attention to us right after i wouldn't say 40 now i would say we're we're moving it up to 45 is like when you may start to feel that yeah. kind of cultural irrelevance you know you don't have media directed at you you don't mm-hmm. have advertising directed at you you may start to feel like you know, you're really in the middle and getting squinched, right? So when we talk about middle age, there's also that actual adjacency of being 40 to 60 means that you're dealing with elder care or dying parents, childcare or empty nest syndrome. And you're at the peak of when your earning potential starts to decrease for women, right? It's also why you're losing a lot of women in the workforce because they have issues that they cannot deal with without more self and personal care, whether that's medical, actual medical care or care practitioners. And so there is a lot going on at this stage of life just on its own. And then you have menopause sort of hit you like a Mack truck. So Mm -hmm. it reinforces this societal idea that you are unworthy, that, you know, when you're no longer biologically able to reproduce, that somehow you've lost your use value, which is such bullshit trying to reduce women to their reproductive health (sighs) in the first place when we are, you know, infinitely um, more equipped to to contribute to society at this age with all of our experience and with all of our knowledge. So, you know, it really is like a, you know, a sort of one, two punch. And it certainly 
pretty heavy hitting punches. And we have nobody, you know, I see all of these women who do tell me they're my age, I'm 52, that, you know, they are, they're healthier than their moms were. They're wealthier than their moms were. And all of that is true, but more than one thing can be true at the same time. It's why I'm wearing my aunt's necklace because I believe that you can feel incredibly empowered and disempowered at the same time. You can, you know, not, you can be out of fucks to give and still be freaked out that your jowls have melted into your neck. Like all of these things can be true. And I am less concerned now with, you know, look good, feel better because I was always about look good, feel better. And that's true. But at this stage of life, when you are experiencing all of these things, I don't think it's possible to look good unless you feel better. And that is part of the goal of the company. We want you to feel better right now. And the state of menopause should be made easier by our company. That is what our goal is. That was beautiful. I mean, if we, that was like, that's like a mic drop moment in and of itself. That was beautiful. Can you, can you go Uh to both things can be true. Your neck can be melting into your jowls and you can be out of fucks to give. Both things can be true. Both things can be true. And you you know what? I'm just so glad that this is recorded on a podcast that people know that these things came from these, me. These things these came from you. And they, both are, they both can be true. And those two things are true at the same time also. Absolutely. And, you know, look, I think it's just important for us to understand that. Like when yeah. we when we want to treat ourselves kindly, we have to remember like there is all the kind of bright, shiny, beautiful parts of ourselves that we're always excited to show off. But there are the dark shadow parts too that don't do us any favors by remaining secretive and dark. And the minute you shine a light on something that has a stigma surrounding it, you, you take some of that stigma out of it just by bringing it into the light, just by being able to talk about it. And yeah. I think, you know, we've certainly seen that happen with, you know, periods and pregnancy and mm. postpartum and infertility. These are things that we now talk about quite freely. But menopause is that sort of last frontier that nobody is really willing to take on because mm. it has so many stigmas around it and because the FDA categorizes it as a goddamn disease, which is insane. <laughs> 52% of the population is going to go through this. In 36 months, 1 billion women will be in menopause. And that is 12% of the world population. Right. So right. to ignore this or to think that it isn't happening or that we have to white knuckle through it, to me, is just a bunch of shit. And I hope right. I'm allowed to curse because I've you're been cursing like You're allowed to curse freely. You're out of fucks right. to give. You're allowed to curse freely. Now, can we get into something? Just I just want to clarify. I just want to clarify this because I think this is super interesting in general about the the difference between if FDA is considering something a disease versus what it means to have symptoms of something. I experienced yeah. all of this at the same time. It does affect your mental health. Forget about the fact that you have mood swings as you yeah. lose progesterone, right? I mean, yeah. I had anxiety, depression, mood swings, and this was all part of the experience, which so many people conflate with the idea that they're getting older and that they yeah. don't they, they don't got it anymore, right? When really your hormones are sort of playing this kind of trick on your brain in the way that you can perceive yourself. So yeah. there's a lot of work to be done around what we as companies that mean to serve the menopause community are able to do legally and what those workarounds look like in order to be able to serve the needs of such a massive community. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, my entire company 
is mission driven. You know, of course, yes, we want to be successful. Every company wants to be successful. But the fact is, this is a mission driven company for a topic that most people do not want to look at out of shame or do not want to look at out of ignorance. And either way, it's unacceptable. Right. Right. Like I, well, the thing that I always loved and am so interested in about the, about the whole story of state of menopause is that you have a specific symptom or problem and the idea that you can provide a solution to that specific problem, like that you have a symptom, you've got it there, like you've got dry skin, you've got the face oil, you've got, you know, you've got a hot flash, you've got the cooling spray. Like there's, there are, there's not that many things just generally that are actually speaking to directly to consumers for their specific problem that they may need a solve for when right. you're like often being talked around. Like, and so there's, there's also like the extra layer of people talking around you, right? It's like, it feels like both, no one's marketing to me, no one's speaking to me, no conversation is directed. But then on top of that, why is everyone just talking about like dry skin when I'm saying like, I have dry skin because of this is my life stage and this is what I'm experiencing, right? Right. Well, it's one of the things that we're trying to do. But I also think that, you know, again, there are companies like I, I always refer to Electra Health, right? Mm. They came out with the 21st Century Guide to Menopause. It's online. Just go to electrahealth.com. And they list the 34 symptoms in alphabetical order, which I think is really smart. Very easy way yeah. to look for them. But also this idea that these are all symptoms or issues, right? And symptoms immediately again, refers to something that we consider a disease or a sickness. Even on state of menopause, we say you can shop by product or you can shop by concern. Concern. I like that better. Yes. I like that much better. I'm thinking symptoms probably because I have a cold. Well, but yeah. And Uh, also everybody, "Mm, but but you are, you are not in the minority. I mean, that's the way people talk about them, which also sort of, you know, helps promulgate this idea that menopause is a disease. But, you know, I think it is really important that, you know, we understand that there's still half the population, more than half the population who are about to go through menopause or in menopause who still have this very deep internalized stigma around it, mostly mm-hmm. through a patriarchal lens of like what is considered beautiful, attractive, use value, sociobiological use value is seen through the eyes of men. That's yeah. one thing. But the other thing is that, you know, there isn't enough education to be asking the right question oh, and yeah. to be asking really the companies that are making product for what you want. And when you have a, a population that does not feel, for the most part, I would not even say it's half, I would say maybe it's like 75% of the population of this consumer does not feel comfortable discussing it. Mm-hmm. How do you become a company that talks to them mm-hmm. without condescension, without you know being like, you go girl, you got this, because that girl boss shit is over as far We're as tired. I'm concerned. And that and girl it's boss not has that, no fucks right? left to give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. but that but the uh, you know the thing about it is how do you talk to somebody about something they don't feel comfortable talking about? And for me, it's been taking it on and talking about it myself. Yeah. Because I am out of fucks to give. And I also don't ascribe to the idea that there is a place in my life where I become less valuable. And right. if anything, this pivot has really made me find my own sense of self-esteem yeah. in being able to do very hard things. I'm not a traditional CEO. I did not go to business school. I, you know, I've been a brand creative consultant, but mm-hmm. I have not been in the weeds of D2C or e-commerce. Mm-hmm. But certainly when it comes to 
you know, nobody's born a CEO, first of all. So, you know, anybody can do this. But really, more importantly, is the idea that you can do this at any age. And being able to do this at 52 for a consumer base that is my age is the reason to do it. It is literally the reason to do it. And also just to be an embodiment of what is possible at this stage of life. We are no longer you know, going to die at 70. We are going to live into our 90s. And if our lifespans are going to be extended, well, then we have to figure out how to optimize our health, you know, during this transition, because there are a lot of things that change in menopause that do require our attention, heart health, cognitive health, bone health, all of the issues that, that do continue to be issues as we age. Really, menopause is an opportunity to take those things on head on and decide how you're going to plan for your future health. And nobody Mm. talks about any of this. We're just all so concerned with being, you know, old and getting to the part where it's cute instead of the actual process of aging, which we have incredible amounts of agency in if we really choose to do the work. Yeah. Wow. It's so, it's so good, but it's also so, it's also so interesting too, because it makes me think about about just in general how, and I like I hate to come back to this because I feel like I wind up talking about vocabulary a lot, but like what's really interesting about that is what you're saying about the health literacy component because there's so much lacking from that. You know, like there's mm. so much lacking from personal advocacy in healthcare, but not just in active healthcare, like also in prevention, right? Like yes. we have, there's so much that like that sometimes even if we might think that something is right, we might also have the need to question it. And we don't know that we have the need to question it. You know, like I, I just like, I you know, feel like that I all the saying, time. Right? Yeah. And it's what I was saying before is that yeah. you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so your brain kind of tries to figure out answers yeah. that you don't have from any, you know, external validated source. Right. And so, you know, for me, uh, everything that I was experiencing, I was explaining away as like, I'm going crazy. I am having mental health issues. Like this is a, a big problem. When in reality, you know, we know for sure that if you have knowledge of something ahead of time, mm-hmm. like you learn how to ride a bike before you actually get on a bike, it's probably going to impact the experience of how you ride that bike instead of having mm-hmm. no knowledge whatsoever of wheels turn and how to, you know, pedal and how to steer. How to These turn left. That, right, how to shout turn out left to with, Nancy London. Fantastic, right there. Yeah. Exactly. Our sister who not so an exceptional bike rider, but not so great at the left, the left turn specifically. Well, you know, we all who have is? our who is? Right. who is good at a left turn, especially <laughs> as a righty. And listen, you know, she can drive and I can't. So listen, there's that. She has that on both. <laughs> she She's got that, that on, on both of us. On both of us. But, you know, look, I think I think what you're saying is incredibly important. I think this idea of knowledge around prevention, mm-hmm. knowledge around it, like if I had known in my early 40s how important strength training was going to be in my 50s, I would have done a hell of a lot more of it. Yeah. And the fact that I didn't come to this until I understood that muscle strength really helped with bone density yeah. is like, you know, maybe I'm getting to this a little too late. I can only do what I can do. And certainly, you know, we don't lead perfect lives, right? It's like everything you say about diet, right? Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not it's like you just manage what you can manage in the moment, that you don't beat yourself up for what you didn't mm. do and you try to do better the next day. It is yeah. the same, you know, truths are held about what is happening to us at this stage of life. 
life. We're not going to knock this out of the park every day. Nobody is. Nobody yeah. is going to feel great every day. And look, you may be one of those very lucky people who breezes through menopause. There's 3% of people or no, sorry, I think it's 15% of people who really have no symptoms whatsoever. In 3% of people, it can last well past menopause. And I honestly am terrified I'm I'm one of those three. But even while I say that, I am like, I'm building a company and building product to help me manage all of this. Yeah. And the idea that there isn't both hand in hand, the advocacy and education work around what is preventative and also what you can do when you get here, plus mm -hmm. the actual support of product is what makes this company really important and essential. And, you know, I don't take it lightly that we are taking on something that is big and complicated and has many more rules uh, surrounding it than I thought. But yeah. this idea that it is a beauty play, that our skincare yeah. is about like your wrinkles, like I don't care either. If you want wrinkles, great. If you don't want wrinkles, it's not your skincare that's going to help you, right? Not right. at this stage of life. You need hydration and moisturization in order for your skin to look healthy. But when it comes to your wrinkles, go get Botox if you want it. Go get the facelift if you want it. That's not, I'm not, right, I'm not that's interested not, in right. your youth. I'm not yeah. interested in the perception of yourself as looking a certain way. I am interested in what you are feeling and yeah. how you are managing to feel most comfortable in your skin and in your body at a time when dropping into your body feels very difficult. Like in a lot mm -hmm. of ways, I met this really interesting woman when I was at the Global Wellness mm -hmm. Summit in Boston last week. She was saying, we only really drop into our bodies when something isn't working and we take them for granted most of the time, right? It's only when something feels like it hurts or something yeah. feels like it's not doing what it's supposed to do um, that we drop into our bodies. And that is really, you know, if you look at people with female reproductive organs, right, a lot yeah. of that happens around those organs and yeah. what is going on with them. A lot of this stuff about you know, what we would consider to be beauty, whether it's skincare or makeup or hair care. You know, there's also the idea that you want to keep your skin and hair healthy, not just right. pretty, right. but healthy. And right. it's the same thing with your body, right? You know, we want everything to work and look great until it doesn't. And then we're like sort of in a desperate freefall to figure things out. When, mm. you know, again, long-term education really makes these phases a lot easier to face and a lot easier to manage. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love this. I love this so much. So now that we're on the topic of healthy, of the, of yeah. the word healthy, let's, let's start with a little, let's just go back just for a second. Let's discuss the in the day in the life of a CEO who is building a company from home. Right. What have we got? What do we have any snacks on hand? I mean, what have we got to eat? What's no, what's around? What's happening yeah, there's, around there's, in the space here? Is there a maybe a some Ricola? Oh, we've got Ricola. Okay. Because I talk all day long. Yeah, I mean uh, that so I it does feel like your hydration on that note. On the on the yeah. talking a lot note, it, you know you are losing some water via your respiratory tract all day okay. long. It, you know, Important. interesting information I didn't have before, Jack. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, I try to drink a lot of water now during the day because it really does. Like after a while, my my throat gets really sore. I always sound really nasal. I've had a cold for three weeks, and that's you know from running around. It's like yeah. that's part of the job. And certainly, I would say you know as a CEO. 
you always want to keep in mind the horizon, right? Yeah. What is what is the horizon? What are you moving towards? What are the goals? What are you what are the benchmarks you need to reach in order to get there? And fundraising, you know, which is it's like soul sucking. It is one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. And it's not because I don't lack, you know, I don't lack any conviction when it comes to this issue, but really being able to say, hey, we are a startup. You you believe in me and you believe in this um you know, share, you know, it's not even a market share. We're really market shaping here. You believe in this natural transition as an issue that needs more understanding and more attention and more education. You know, it's a, a lot of jazz hands and tap dancing. And I that can be really so exhausting. hard. I think it's the hardest, like it's the absolute hardest thing I can think. I, uh, to be honest, like even, no even in just being your sister and hearing, it, it literally makes me feel like, like I'm in the room. I, I mean, that is, yeah. I think it is so anxiety producing and also really speaks to exactly what you're also trying to do at the same time for the consumer, which is to like help give solutions for concerns that strip away at confidence, which is like, honestly, everything. I mean, I taught, like, I, I, I give the example of like, you need some degree of confidence to brush your teeth in the morning. You didn't wake up as a tiny baby knowing how to brush your teeth, right? Like mm. you practiced, and now you know that you're confident you know how to get the job done. Like, it's the same sort of thing. Like, this is a totally different skill that I think is just, like, so, so, it's so hard to the point where it's also, like, how when you're learning something new and you're doing it at the same time as you're actually doing it, it takes yeah. everything well, that's out why of you. I, I really do believe in the theory of neuroplasticity because I don't think that I could... This learning curve, I, I took over the company last January. We soft launched in April. We've done no paid marketing. So this has been organic growth that's really been built on our social media, on the lives that I do, on the podcast that I do, on the television shows that I do, which is, you know, not sustainable because we're going to yeah. scale. And yeah. so, you know, of course, fundraising is essential to a company like mine. And the amount I've learned between when I started and now is just, it's astronomical. But mm -hmm. again, you, you do what is necessary for something that you believe in. And mm -hmm. I have certainly gotten a whole lot better at rejection, which I was never really good at to begin <laughs> with. Uh, I don't think anybody loves rejection, but you know, for a hundred no's, you wait for the one right yes. Yeah, And that's really important. That is one thing that I would say, you know, in terms of creating my own company and in terms yeah. of running it and being uh, the steward of, you know, what this, this movement looks like, you know, you have to hold on. I mean, you have to have faith and you have to know that there are very rocky waters mm. to finding the people who like dating, honestly, you're yeah. looking for your right match. And I was thinking the other day that I should start a fundraising app where you can swipe left or right. And, you know, you, you put oh, investors and yes. companies together, right? And you're like, I'm interested in menopause, swipe right. Can you imagine? Right. amazing. Yes. I know, but I don't, I don't have time to build that app right yeah. now. <laughs> but I'm putting it out there, so don't anybody try and steal it from me. Okay. It's copywritten, people. It's already copywritten. Yeah. She, she owns the copyright already. I already, I'm, you know what it's called? Invest. It <laughs> <laughs> It's called invest at stateofmenopause.com. You can email. You can email it. Right. right. Yeah, Actually, you can, you can submit email us via email. <laughs> but you can email us via hello. Hello. Hello at stateofmenopause.com. And you can always email me at hey, Stacy at stateofmenopause.com. 
because it's so funny. I my favorite thing to do is talk to our consumers. My yeah. favorite thing to do is actually hear like you love this, you hate that. Okay, tell me why. Yeah. So that as we continue product development, we are headed in the right direction, right? You always want people to feel seen. Yeah. And especially in this uh, category, people do not feel seen and they do not feel heard. So mm-hmm. customer feedback is really important to me. And the other thing about that is like knowing the difference between satisfying the needs of somebody who knows what they want and also introducing product that no one ever knew that they did need until they had right. it, right? That, that's right. sort of the happy medium. And you always <sighs> want to be able to make sure that you're serving both purposes, that you yeah. are giving consumers what they want and what they need and then showing them what else is possible wow it's the it's the it's the making sure that you're keeping and maintaining and building the relationship like continuing to cultivate the relationship with the current consumer yeah. and then also making sure that you're serving those who don't know the question who who maybe don't have the questions to ask yet or who don't know don't or who don't even, aren't even maybe there but are getting there or or are just starting to dip a toe into getting the right question into the computer so that they can start a search on something. Exactly. I'll tell you, if you look at Google Analytics, questions around menopause, most questions around the topic of menopause went up 350%. And part of that, I think, is because being, you know, away from our everyday busy lives Mm. and sheltering in place and all of that stuff really made us have to go, you know, a lot deeper inwards. And we had a lot more time to kind of drop into our body and be like, something doesn't feel right. You know, so in one sense, I think, you know, it is part of the reason that I was able to kind of think about this company during COVID. Mm -hmm. Like I had to get very quiet and really think about the fact that like, look, my TV career was kind of dwindling away. You know, it's not that I don't do things on television, but I don't have a show anymore. And it was, you know, this was about career choices. Am I aging out of television or is television aging out of me? And if I'm not going to use a platform like TV, then how is it that I am going to reach the same kind of population that I know is experiencing difficulty with self-esteem? Because I am. Right. right. I mean, it's, you know, out of the personal comes the universal. And it was like, this was during COVID for all of the dark, you know, deep grief and empathy we yeah. had for all of the kind of systemic dismantling of race and gender and um, sexuality that we've seen. You know, there was also, we're still in the process of dismantling ageism. And when people tell me that they're talking about gendered ageism, I honestly do not know what that means. Ageism is about women. It is not about. I would love to know. Yeah, exactly. I I mean, you are only seen as every area of your life is seen as getting better if you are a man and you get older. I I mean, literally everything. I mean, George Clooney, George Clooney (laughs) started off as a handyman (laughs) on one day at a time. And look at him now. It's Mary's only the most gorgeous woman up. in the world who's much younger. I just younger. want to know what it's like in Lake Como this time of year, George. Call us. I know. Call us. <laughs> I, mean, I would love. I, I would kill what to go like? to Lake Como. Wouldn't what you? is it like? What is it like? I mean, I also want to hang out with Amal, who I think is probably one of the smartest she women probably, in the world. Jesus. So. Like she, I just, just, let's hang out at your compound in Lake Como, and Amal can teach us a, a daily course on what it's like to be uh, Amal. <laughs> well, uh, a daily course on that. And, and then and, that's one um, day. That's a one day. Right. And then the and next then day can be about. violations against human rights. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. really human, what I'm after. 
human rights violations, law, just generally. Yeah. We could use I a mean, lot of I mean, generally that. speaking, she's a super smart, wonderful woman. But look who gets to have her, an old man. Yeah. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not or, or, you know, who gets to, like, get the best experience from her, right, is, right. like, you know, in is 60, and again, like not just a. I don't want to harp on gender inequity because we can talk about snacks too. No, but and it I, is really. Know. No, I want. No, I, we'll get to. We'll get to food in a moment. I have a okay. lot of thoughts on that. It's actually quite related because I would like to know. I have a lot of questions about where we might eat it in Lake Como. But anyway, carry on. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. No, what I was going to say is that you know there are really two symptoms for men get billions of dollars in funding and thirty four symptoms of what women get yeah. just in the few millions. And the idea that you know, um, a man's sexual pleasure is somehow more important than a woman's at the same age range is another just ridiculous iniquity. Aside from the fact that, you know, England um, is a country that is like way ahead of us in terms of menopause and menopause care. You know, they're talking about paid leave for menopause, which, you know, we're barely able to get paid leave for childcare. So, you know, we have a long way to go. And, and I think that, for me at this stage of my life, I'm never going to not care about style. Of course I care about style. I care about how you dress during menopause, but I certainly care about much more about how you feel. And, and that is right. And also like, like to what you were saying before, how are you supposed to get dressed if you don't feel good? Exactly. Period. I mean, how are you supposed to get dressed? How are you supposed to kind of behave you know, normally when you don't feel normal, when this doesn't, you know, look, I joke around yeah. about this all the time. Like I had a, I had a pretty awkward phase from like nine to 30. And then, you know, from 32, <laughs> when I started on what, entrepreneur, to about 47, like my looks didn't really change. And then, you know, the jowl mm-hmm. started to melt into the neck. The ass started to melt into the knees. I've got cellulite. I had a tummy where I've always had a flat stomach. Like Things change, things change. And you can, of course, you can work out five hours a day and you can be in the best shape. But like, for me, that just never felt like what I wanted to do with my time. I want to be as healthy as I can be, but I also want a life. And, you know, that does include martinis, which by the way, is the only thing I want dry during menopause. And I I do think that there is a way to have, you know, this is the kind of moderation that you talk about a lot in your book. It's this idea that we can't live lives that are completely joyless in service of this idea that we're being healthy, right? That to me is like, that is such a- uh, I thought healthy, it's not health because it's not the full picture. picture. It doesn't include happiness. And, you know- that idea Amen. that you can be, you know, I gave a speech at Global Wellness and I was talking about like, where do you want to live, right? How do we reframe mm-hmm. menopause? And the reason that I called it that was because mm-hmm. I kept thinking about the great tagline from Walgreens, right? At the corner of happy and healthy. And I'm like, that is yes. actually where I feel like most of my life I've lived, right? But now I'm on like a, a four-way yeah. intersection of like hot, grumpy, tired, and sad. That's what happened to me in menopause. And first of all, you can't build a house at an intersection. You need, you do need right. a corner, right? And what I wound up thinking right. about was that the, the corner is really healthcare and self-care and that we need to use both yes. medical wellness and like our own advocacy in order to create the life that we want to lead at any stage of life, but particularly at this natural transition where nobody has taught us how to do it. Yes. 
Yes. At the corner of happy and healthy is honestly never really occurred to it's me to really favorite. think about how brilliant that is. Like it is really so true because it sums it up for most people or at least how most people think about it. Right. Like and how it, most people want to live. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, we don't necessarily think healthy has a lot of stigma attached yeah. to it as well. This idea that exercise or diet is punishment and not just a, a way in which we can enjoy ourselves and be healthy. And sometimes that means you eat all the chocolate cake and sometimes yeah. that means you don't run. But all of the, excuse me, generally speaking, are about that kind of balance and moderation. I, I don't even call it balance because that implies two things, yeah. right? It's not just happy and healthy. It's a symphony. And everything, right. every section of your life has a part to play. They don't all play at the same time, right? Not right. every instrument is on at the same time. Right. You know, you have to be a conductor uh, yeah. to your own symphony. And that does mean sort of keeping pace with what's happening, deciding where you're going to make bigger statements in your life, where you're going to take more control. And at this stage, at the yeah. menopausal stage, that is really when you got to get your stick up and out. You know what I mean? <laughs> got to start waving that around. You got to wave that conductor's stick up and, and start waving it around. It's time start to go harp, command. flute. You have to command attention. Come on in. Come on in. Let's Come like, you know, let's, in. And let's begin. But let's also, begin. I would say my other favorite um, tagline, like from a company of all time, is Nike. Just do it. I know. Right? And it really is one it's of those so things good. where it is like, it is just do it. And and you talk about this as well, I think, with yeah. diet and, and, and exercise and health generally, is like, you can make all the excuses that you want, but those are the results you're going to get. And this yeah. idea of just do it is so simple. It's like, it's the way I talk about menopause foundational issues, mm. right? Diet, sleep, and exercise. Mm -hmm. Like those, once you have that foundation, everything else can be so much easier. And the idea that just do it, it's like, shut up about it being hard. Shut up about it being easy. Just shut up about it and do mm. it. Like there's so much talking that goes into a lot of this when, when frankly, it's like, what are we putting into practice that is yeah. making our lives feel whole and healthy and happy? And, and relatively sane, which is the whole point about healthy. And also why I think there's so many problems defining what healthy means is because we're talking about physical health, physical well-being, and that's personally defined to some extent. In other in other areas, it's not, but like like you were saying about cardiovascular health, like it's there's certain places where it's not, but there's other places where it certainly is. Then there's the emotional well-being and psychological well-being, and then there's actual Absolutely. mental health. I mean, like there's also, there's also spiritual health, like there's also financial well-being, like there's so many different factors that play a role in what it means to actually feel feel physically well on a given day. And it's also so dynamic, like it's changing all the time on, well, in an individual is, way and yeah. in a systemic way, you know, like it's right. always, it's always like in flux. And, you know, and the idea that asking for help is still an issue for us yeah. makes me crazy. Like we are yeah. so much better together than we are trying to like, you know, be isolated in the dark and secretive about, about any of the issues that we're dealing with. I think about that, that one specific phrase also though, that that I feel like has contributed to the confusion sometimes is the is the ask for help when you need it. Sometimes you don't know when you need it, right? Like sometimes Absolutely, you, or, or which that is you don't know what's available to you. So you're like, I have no one to ask. You know what I mean? That's like right. it, it sort of feels like that that hopelessness thing, you know? Yes. And look, you know, there you've seen the memes on Instagram a million yeah. times. Like, you know, you never know what's going on with somebody else. Like always ask if they're yeah. okay because you don't know what battles they're right. fighting. 
to some extent, I actually believe that to be true, right? I mean, not to the point where you're being annoying and nosy and like right. if somebody says, I don't want help. <laughs> Hello. But but, Hello. but it really does when you, you, you make a really good point, Jack, when you say that, you know, ask for help when you need it yeah. presupposes that you know what you need. Right. what kind of help you right. need and when you need it, right? right? When we should be offering as much information as possible to help yeah. you make that decision, right. to help you make the decision of this is what I need and this is when I need it. But yeah. being unknowledgeable, again, require, your brain does incredible gymnastics to explain things that you don't have information to mm. process. Um, and that's true of anything. So, you know, that idea of ask for help when you need it is mm. not the same as we are going to amplify the fact that we are here to offer help whenever. And yeah. when you feel like you're ready or you have a question or you know that you need help in some way, you will know just through amplification that there is a community here for you. That, that yeah. is what brand awareness is. Yes. 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 That there's a community here for you when you need it is is honestly everything because I feel and like even especially when you don't. now, right? Right. 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 And exactly. even when and you even don't, when you don't know that you need 100%. it. Right? It's that 100%. we exist. We are here. We are right here. We want you to see us and hear us, even if yeah. this doesn't apply to you right now. Right. When it does, we'll, we'll be as synonymous with product as Band-Aids or Vaseline. Like You should yeah. know that you have options. And yes. I want to scream that from the rooftops until you are very clear on what your options are and what might best suit you. Right. Right. What best suits you? Yeah. I like that so much. But you see why I call this an ascension? What best suits you? You just said it. <laughs> So true. What best suits you? I mean, you? I do love wearing suits, so exactly. it does work out I mean, what, like a great tailoring suits you and then suits you right into the ascension. The ascension right is into here. the ascension. Okay. And you know, I honestly, uh, your 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 listeners may be younger. Your, mm -hmm. your listeners may be around your age, right? Mm -hmm. How old are you now? 35, 36, <laughs> something like that. So, uh, I, I just, I just a reminder uh, for those listening, this is my sister. Yeah, no, I'm 35. Yeah, I yeah. never <laughs> I never I never know how old she is. I, I I never know what birthday we're celebrating. It's part of the brain fog. And also just like I'm like, she's vaguely what are you, 17 years younger than me? Right. I, so, listen, I'll take 17 just because I figure, like, why not 19? add an extra? No, just add 17. 19. 17. Yeah, 17 19. between us. Right. So Jacqueline's mom is 19 years older than me, and I am 17 years older than Jacqueline. So really, you know, technically, I could have been her mom. Um, that as would be frightening. Out, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Thank <laughs> God it didn't. But, um, but. <laughs> There was something that you were asking me that I don't remember. Oh, right. Your birthday. And, yeah. and oh. the fact that your listeners may be 35. But frankly, mm -hmm. your your listeners may be in family planning mode, right? Totally. This may be you're thinking about when to have children, yeah. if you're having children, what that window looks like. Yes. You know, you said to me yourself, your gynecologist visit between 34 and 35 was drastically different. It right? was a trauma. It was. A, and it I was a knew trauma. it was going like, to be a trauma. And time. I was nervous going in. And right there is already a problem. Right. Because if I'm nervous yeah. going in, it means that I have to I, then I, I at least know that then like I have I am health literate enough. I'm in a position of both privilege, but also of education of of like what I actually have done with my career to be able to know that I've got to make that list way ahead, right? Like, so and, first and, I've got right. to have a long list, but not everyone but does that. But also just the not idea that you said, has, yeah. Yeah, not everybody has access to that, but sorry, I just wanted to go back and say, you know, at 34, your gynecologist yes. was like, yeah, you got time. Cool. At 35, right. she was like, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. are you right. freezing your eggs? Yes, what are you doing? Right. So, so this is the moment 
right? That you Mm -hmm. should, while you are considering family planning to understand what that next phase is going to look like Mm -hmm. when you, when you are in your forties, that is when pre, if not peri menopause is going to start. So while you're family planning, you should also be thinking about what is the next iteration of health issues that I am going to have to take on and be proactive about. And so we should be talking to people your age right now so that you are not in the, excuse me, I keep, I keep hiccuping, um, (laughs) that you're not in the dark when you get here, right? Because that's what happened to me. And I should be the generation that ends this. You know, there was an article about Gen X, we're not taking aging lying down. Of course not. We're not going to take aging lying down because we don't think we're irrelevant. I mean, you know, Whatever. But the point is, we should be highlighting all of the issues that the generations before us kept in the closet, kept a secret in in any way, shape or form. This is and I feel like I have permission from younger generations like Gen Z. That's like gender is a myth. Okay, if gender is a myth, then like what else can we be talking about that? Like, why should menopause be a stigma? I get permission from younger people to speak my truth in a way that's transparent and open and honest. Mm -hmm. And I know what I don't know. Actually, I don't know everything that I don't know, but where I know what I don't know, I go and make the effort to learn. Right. Right. That's what we're all able to do. Can we go back to one thing before we go forward here is one thing I'm mulling (laughs) I just can't stop seeing some of the irony and humor. It's the idea that in, in speaking about how men's lives improve uh, as with age, well, do you remember how like, uh, do you remember? It's still happening. The infomercials that are on on every channel that are both about the hair plugs and about the erectile dysfunction. And you're like, who, like literally it's it's all women who are up like in the middle hours of night. <laughs> well, that's hilarious. I didn't, like, when didn't you think even about think it, about it's it just like, like why am I getting this erectile dysfunction drug is marketing to me? And yet here well, I am at 3 a.m. Because at 3 a.m., you're the one who's up and they right. think you're going to buy it for your husband. Right. So that he yeah. doesn't feel bad about it. It's really crazy. And then yeah. you're getting, you're getting exactly what you want out of him, which is, yeah. which presupposes so many, awful so many things other things. I, right. I can't, yeah. I can't even get into that because it makes me want to throw Let's up. not get into that. Let's get into, let's switch topics entirely because I want to get into what goes into the Stacey London uh, martini. Let's start oh. there. Because okay, you well, you did just you just had you. your martini your menopause and martini hour or martinis and menopause or what was it yeah or, what whatever was the, I don't whatever. remember it's menopause an and martinis <laughs> so yeah we had a menopause and martinis hour or martinis and menopause hour at the global wellness summit which yes. was great and part of yes. the reason was because so many guys showed up yeah. and it was like such an opportunity for me to be like listen you know yeah. I don't know why limp dicks are more valuable than dry right. vaginas because frankly <laughs> right. if one doesn't work neither does the other right. Okay. For I mean, fuck's sorry. sake. I, I mean, got, you need right. two things. I mean, hello. Yeah. I mean, exactly. you, maybe you need more than two. You can, you, you know what? You need one or more things. Right. One or more <laughs> things. But you really, actually, you really need two. And yeah. I think that it's unfair that we talk about, you know, men in their yeah. midlife crisis as, you know, taking uh, Viagra and getting a sports car and getting a younger girlfriend. And like, why aren't we giving women the same options? 
Let them, you know, keep their libido up, you know, make them happy and want to have sex with their partner and be comfortable or go get a Corvette and a younger, significant, a younger model. That's just sick. Right. I mean, it just, it's like, it is, it is such an unbelievably patriarchal conversation and it uh, it does really make me a little bit crazy. So, so, you know, there, there is that. And those infomercials really are meant for women, which is also really sad because it's like saying that you don't have any agency or say in the intimacy in your relationship. It's on you and right. your husband to, right. you know, for his help yeah. to make this work. Yeah. And also, yeah, right. Like, because he has to feel better because really more important than Dick is ego. Is ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. Oh. Okay, but what goes in the martini? Let's okay. go back to that. Let's go back to that. Tell so us. the martinis at Global Wellness, they went they went off the charts. Like I couldn't believe it. They were making things with cinnamon milk. There was a Whoa. cinnamon milk Whoa. martini. There was like a blue martini. I mean, I was so impressed. There was a pink martini and they were all like super healthy juices. And Whoa. I was like, where I just want the vodka and the olives. So yes. it took me a second. Where's to, that? Right. So took my, you a little while to find. <laughs> I, I had to go, you know, hunting whatever. through the all, bar. All right. of the martinis that, that that they came up with were amazing. They just weren't martinis that I would I was used to. Yeah. But the yeah. following night, I actually I had an incredible dinner with the founder um, and his wife of Time Shifter. That night, we went to Rare, right, which okay. is inside the Boston Harbor Encore Hotel. And I'm telling you this, guys, because when you go, should you go? You want okay. to order the hot and spicy, which, by the way, I was like, I am both. So there you go. That works for me <laughs> as a martini. What? It, okay. The hot and spicy martini. What's in it? What's in it? I'm getting there. Belvedere vodka. I'm about to order from Instacart. Like, as you say this, I'm like, let me just make I sure I place the order. Okay. Belvedere I said, vodka. you know, a kiss, literally kiss it with vermouth, right? That just means like an atomizer spray yeah. and then rinse it out with vodka. Um, and then, uh, they had olive juice, right? So that would be your dirty martini, but then pepper juice and three different kinds of olives that from the end of the toothpick, what got sweeter to spicier. I had two and it was like the best night of my life. Two was probably too many. I, I have to learn to stop at one martini only because like, if you drink two, you're drunk and, and, you know, it's harder to. It's harder to Preach stay it. happy and healthy. Listen, I feel like two, two on a good, like two when I've had a snack, going in with a sensible snack, going in on a satis- from a satisfied place. Sensible place. I'm not place. going in hangry. I'm not no. going to two martinis on it from a hangry place. Two is my sweet spot. When I get to three, that's when it starts that's to go. Gra- it gets ugly. It, it gets, gets ugly. messy. It's not, it's not a cute, it's not like, oh, how cute. It's more just like the, I don't know that these boots are still... I don't know how to walk in my boots. Yeah. <laughs> my soles keep coming over and like they get stuck. You know what I like there that's where it turns from from like fun times into um upsetting upsetting well, I, uh, I possibly like at the, risk for breaking something. Right. I feel like that in the moment, you know, like yes, once you're that far gone, you're like whatever. Yeah. It's that once you cross the two martini threshold, yes. you are uh, certainly as a 52-year-old woman 
I am in danger of not bouncing back for many days. Whereas like when I was younger, <laughs> I could be like, I have a hangover, got to go to work. No problem. Uh, right. that doesn't, that doesn't work for me anymore. And again, like alcohol consumption is a big thing as you age, yeah. you know, it is something you need to think about and it is something that you need to manage. And you, like me, you may have gotten away with like being able to party your whole life and not yeah. really have to think about it. But once you get to menopause, it is a different story. The bounce back is hard. You know what else though is really interesting about it that I feel like I maybe just was uh, maybe it was just, maybe it was age, but maybe it's also just like now just knowing more is that I feel, it's a very similar feeling of like when you just cannot sleep of like the, the like insomnia feeling and you go a full night or you go however long without actually being able to get proper rest and then and then have to function the next day in mm -hmm. the same way as it used to feel like, oh, if I drank too much and then had to go to work. It's like a very similar like state where you're just like, I know I'm not... I know I have to do this, but I'm not really at my best. And I don't, I feel so yeah. like, okay, I, now what? Like, it's like the, the like inability to make your normal, happy, healthy, like decisions. decisions yeah. For the day. I mean, look, I gave my talk at global wellness. I'm at the day after those martinis. And I, I can tell you, they probably affected my talk a little bit. <laughs> can we um, go back to what else was in the order? What else was on the menu at rare? Oh, what else? Did oh we my have? God. Well, everybody had steak except me. I had lamb. Which Ooh. also, again, Ooh, you know, a with, surprising choice for I, you, I feel. I, so at, this is another thing that I've noticed in menopause. And I don't know if this has to do anything with anything. And I hope yeah. I'm not offending people who don't eat meat. I'm sorry. It really is something Please, that's important to me. I think most of, most of us feel like, I feel like we, you know, we, we welcome all the foods on this Right. On okay. This I'm glad podcast. that we're equal opportunity foodies. But um, yeah. But I will tell you that for me, as I've gotten older, one thing that I've really started to notice is gamier meat has become like something that I crave. And I don't know whether that's the fat in it or the muscle in it or what it is, but certainly um, like lamb, uh, venison. I try not to eat rabbit because, you know, bunnies, but, but it is definitely the gamier. It's a hard meat. mental thing. Yeah. It's a hard mental yeah. thing. Gamier meats are somehow um, a, a duck. Like these are oh. things that I was never really interested in yeah. eating ever in my life. Um, my mom, when I was really, really young, used to make lamb chops. But, so I have like a, a sweet memory of those. But, jelly. but generally I, I, I was like, yeah, you know, I have a steak or chicken or whatever. But but lately gamier meat is like much more appealing to me. And I don't know if that's because my body is craving something or I'm just, I don't know, more adventurous. I like the adventurous angle here. I think we just lean into that. Okay. So you had lamb. Did you have an appetizer? I did. I had, um, what was it? Did I wait oh. now? I'm getting, now I have to think she back. She had two hot and spicies folks. Yeah. Two hot and spicies. I and I was just thinking about the red wine the and the white wine, even though they were served with different okay. courses, because I was like, nope, it's not, not going to work. It's either martinis oh, or yeah. wine, not both. Um, right. Good for you. That yeah. feels like a conscious choice. It was. It was a real I made the choice, choice to go with the martinis. Okay. Yeah. I will say for lunch that day, I had a Rice Krispie treat. Delish. I know. Not from the again, global, well, from the, was it like a home, like was it a fresh hotel. one? No, not from the oh. summit, from the hotel. That, that felt like, um, because every once in a while, I mean, I have a terrible sweet tooth, but I don't eat gluten and I don't eat dairy and I don't eat soy. So sugar is like, you know, definitely the drug of my of choice. And even that I shouldn't be Beautiful. eating because it's so inflammatory. But I will say when I need a treat, obviously gluten is a much bigger issue for me than sugar. So a Rice Krispie treat really does it for me. 
A fresh I also crispy needed, treat as a treat. It is First a of all, treat. the fact that treat is, is built into the name right there, it just says everything you need to know. Exactly. In, it's right there in the name. A rice crispy treat. But Beautiful. it's also, you know, it's also that idea that um, sugar does give you like a little pump. And I don't really drink oh, coffee yeah. anymore because coffee tends to make my heart race. And so I'm a big matcha girl. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But I couldn't find any place that had matcha. And I was like, this rice crispy treat will have to do as I work on my speech. I just needed yeah, a little would lift. Be amazing. You know what probably exists that we could find is a matcha rice crispy treat. There is no Whoa. question that exists. I Go, know. You know, gold belly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gold belly. Great but, call. I mean, I, I love gold belly. I love what gold belly is doing for the restaurant business. I love Completely. that you can order things in advance for the holidays. Like if I ever throw. I love, it's a, such a good, first of all, they're not sponsoring this show, but if they'd like but they to should. call me. <laughs> yeah. Call Jack. Because okay. they really should. I mean, gold belly is they one of really those things should. that I'm like, that gold is belly. one what of the glories doing? of the modern age. It really is. Like that is one, it is a perfect example of how, A, how real amazing food brings people together, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, how you can bring people together through amazing food experiences that really give you great food memories. Absolutely. So, that you can get pecan pie from the South, that you can get can you take it? I, I mean, know. it is crazy what you can order on Go Belly. The best of everything, barbecue, blah, blah, blah. Everything. I mean, it is so... Rugala. Rugala. I go to, to gluten-free <laughs> desserts. I, I didn't know there were gluten-free rainbow cookies. I didn't know there was gluten-free black and white. No, I mean, literally only there. I know. I know. And it's only been found there. I, I know. know. Let's let's discuss. So you talk you mentioned the lamb chops, but can we talk about some other can we talk about some other food memories? Any other childhood well, I will food tell you, memories childhood? that we can it doesn't have to be childhood. Could also be I mean I, I some might say that I wasn't alive for for some part of you that. Weren't. You were alive for my 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 the, oldest childhood memories you were not around for, which I true. will tell you was a lot of like devil dogs, Rolos, um, Rolos, fuck yeah. them is Rolos, yeah, but love also Yodels, Ding Dong, yeah. I didn't love a snowball. What? But, but there was what was the other company? Hostess and Drakes, right? So yes. they they yeah. both had two different things. I used to Twinkies. love Hostess cherry pies. I mean, I'm going through all Twinkies. the stuff that I could never eat I now, no matter Twinkies. what. Pop tarts. I was my our dad was like. When, when, when he was before he married your mom in between, Uh um, Uh he was living on, he was, he was like living, (laughs) he was basically giving Nancy and I pop tarts or pepperidge farm cookies for breakfast every day. I don't blame him. It made me the woman I am today, but I, (laughs) (laughs) but I never, I chocolate fudge pop tart. It was always a little too hot. I, I mean, daddy, he tried, oh, Dad. but you know, yeah. a toaster oven in the seventies was not exactly the easiest way to get temperature control over your pop tart. So a lot oh, of a toaster oven in the seventies for dad, also a lot going, a lot to manage. That was a lot of machinery to navigate. Technology, engineering. Exactly. No. It was a lot. It was a lot, but those like, you know, those are some of my real childhood memories. I remember also like the first time I ever had quiche Lorraine. And oh I thought it was God. the fanciest thing that I could I still dream of. The, I still think it's the fanciest thing that I can dream of. But what? But you know what's funny about that is that first of all, just the other day I was talking about quiche number one, which is not a thing I talk about often. I know it doesn't really come up in conversation much. 
It doesn't. It did because I was talking about talk about a food memory of being in graduate school and I was I was texting with two friends from grad school who we were talking about recipes that we still use from this one that like our very first introductory class and my friend Sue's what mentioned the potato latkes that we made. First of all, we got to talk about that too. Our potato latkes. But we'll get to that. Mm. The potato latkes that we made in this class. And I was like, do you guys remember the quiche? <laughs> So you actually said it. I have a vivid it. memory. I have a vivid memory of making 23 quiches for the final. Okay. What? These, Barbara and Sue's were like, that didn't happen. <laughs> really? Did they just skip the quiche part like, of the you guys, final? Uh, you guys, I, I was making quiche on the weekend to study for the final. Like, I literally, I was I was a quiche machine. I haven't thought about quiche in, in that much time. But now when you say quiche Lorraine, the, the interesting thing is the word Lorraine in this yeah, but it's also the name of, the name of your automobile. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the word the name Lorraine added into quiche makes it exponentially fancier. I don't know, what, like, what is that? What is I that don't about? know. I and I do think it's, it's very fancy to me French, too. But right. I could be wrong. French. Well, it's um, like also like pizza, right? Like, exactly. I mean, I exactly. I was just going to say day, it's just like pizza. Yeah, yeah. Every day after school, when I was in elementary yes. school, we went to yes. raise pizza. Well, yeah. first of all, I went to raise the original raise in Greenwich Village when I was in kindergarten. Yeah. That was like the big thing. Yeah. I would go to PS41. And then, you know, as my treat at getting picked up from yes. school, we would just go to raise that was right there. And, you know, but there was always, there was, uh, I think it was Arthur's maybe in uh, when I was uptown. But anyway, but the point was Ooh. there was, uh, you know, the best slices and the best pies. Yeah. Like I have experienced that in every phase of my adult life until I stopped eating gluten and dairy um, yeah. which, and, and nightshades, which makes the pizza thing <laughs> real tough to do. But there are now there are places that do gluten free yeah. and cheese and whatever. But as my, as my girlfriend would say, your standards are real low for a good pizza. Because now I forget what it's like to eat gluten and dairy and how good real mozzarella <sighs> cheese is and how good, you know, know, real ricotta is and like all of that stuff. So, um, so those days are over for me. But there is no time in my life where I haven't had and a memory or an experience attached to, you know, multicultural food in yeah. New York city. It's one of the best yes. things about the city and all, you know, for all of our birthdays growing up, we would get to choose some fancy restaurant, whether it was French or Italian, you know, there's, there's so much of our collective family yeah. history involved with the kind of food that we got to have. Oh my God. I just had this bizarre memory that as you were talking about this, I just had this memory of going to a Vietnamese restaurant. Somehow you got dad to do that. <laughs> I got dad to go. Because he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't like the most experimental. Wait, was, that the one, was that the one in Williamsburg? When, yes. Yes. I made daddy and Vicky go and they were horrified that it was like cafeteria style with a tray before you could sit down. And I was like, guys, just cut, go with it. Oh, no. All it was I remember Thailand. from that. It was Planet yes. Thailand. Yes. It was. It was Planet Thailand. All I remember from that is I'm saying Vietnamese because of the Vietnamese coffee that I ha that I like have never forgotten about. Like, that's what I, that's the main thing I remember about that meal is that it was a part of the dining experience. And I, it was the first time I ever had it. And I just remember like sitting there in my own world being like, this is the best drink I ever had. And, and your parents were horrified, by the way. Yeah. No, I mean, I, they, I mean, they probably they were wound like, up liking it. They what? wound up liking it more, I think, than yeah. they would, uh, than they cared to let on because they didn't want me to ever take them there again. If I were to add a special food 
memory from, and this is what I mean by it doesn't have to be collect, does not have to be a childhood food, mm. necessarily a food memory, is that if if you can call this a food memory, <laughs> I prefer to call it a food memory, is um when when you had spine surgery and dad and my mom came to your apartment to to come and, and check on us. And meanwhile, I you, you were dad. Just, just, yeah. just to be clear, I had spine surgery and you were taking care of me. And and our it parents stopped by. They I know they were like, like on the way to stu- like I don't know what they were doing. They were like, we'll check in on our daughter who's like don't lying in bed. What, but don't Jack- know what they were doing that no, week. But Jacqueline but- stopped everything <laughs> to take care of me. Just want to make that entirely clear. My big sister. Anyway. The highlight of it, though, was worth, listen, it was worth everything, first of all, just period. It was extra, the bonus, the cherry on top of this experience was handing dad a treat so he could have a little bonding with Dora. My dog. My dog, Dora. Yeah. And he thought, I I was like, here's a little treat. I said the word treat. I used the treat. I used the T word. You used the T word. You did. (laughs) And he ate it. And, and he, he ate- did. He ate some dried lamb lung <laughs> and he didn't like it. And he literally was like, what? he looked at, he was like, that is the word. And I turned my back for one second. I was like, you ate it. Yeah. That is a real food memory right there. That is that a was real pretty good. food memory. That was a pretty good one. That was a pretty That's good, a good one. one. I forgot all about that. But yeah, dad eating the lamb one was weird. Wait. <laughs> I was so out of it, though. I mean, I that's like one of the few memories that I have from that from that period of time. The other thing I remember clearly from that period of time was the epic bone broth made by a one guest, a former guest of this show, and also the star among all stars, Kristen Kish, who made you a bone broth and me giving you (laughs) a warmed prune juice. Which apparently uh, really no. was working nicely for you in the beginning, but it wasn't. No. It, it, it only, didn't stay. It, didn't age well. It didn't, didn't age, age well. well. Speaking of things that yeah. don't age well, no. But Pr- I warm mean, prune juice does not. Yes, mm. and Kristen Kish, one of my best friends in the world, mm. um, also came to take care of me. And really, again, food is love for her. So you know, so her true. making bone broth was like a, her way of like. Really making sure that I it was, was such okay. a good idea too, and it was you know, also so cold. Smart. You know, it was like cold. It was like the best thing. Anyway, you have another meeting, but before you go, you got to give us two things. Number okay. one is like, is I want to know because I don't want to miss this opportunity because I feel like we were talking about this recently and I can't remember the context. But we were talking about you going to a shoot from back in your magazine days. Mm. You went to a shoot and it was, I can't remember the circumstances, it was some sort of, but it was like a crazy circumstance. And I'm wondering if there is a shoot that you can think of off the top of your head where you're like, we went to this location and we had this meal and it was fucking epic. Okay. Probably, I'm going to guess it I, maybe was in Paris. You know, I, I don't know. Do I didn't that, mean to plan I that. Like I didn't that mean to plan so that. Boring. I'm going to really? say that one of the most epic, not the most incredible in terms of like taste, but certainly one uh-huh. of the most epic meals was the Red Lobster in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Oh. <laughs> I was on a shoot and we, we, and also, That's it. I mean, that we just had nowhere to go it. and we, we dug into that Red Lobster like nobody's business. Now, what? Don't, and it, I did it. It was given a shoot. The, given the, land, a, the landlocked. Mm-hmm. Right. It was an incredible <laughs> shoot that we did. Uh, Maytel was the photographer and uh-huh. we took 
both a male model and a female model um, to Cheyenne, Wyoming, really for like rolling hills and like wheat. And we were doing this whole denim story. And I wanted it to feel like you were kind of really mi- like in the yeah. middle of America and like some of the, you know, the, the beauty, the majesty of those kind of rolling fields and, um, and that golden kind of light. And uh, based on the Andrew Wyeth, um, is it Andrew Wyeth who did the painting of the girl, like, you know, sitting, looking at the farm, looking at the barn? Yes. Why can't I remember the name of it? But but we did pictures like that that were absolutely stunning. Of course, it rained for three days before we got one day of shooting it. But having said that, it was just, it was a real camaraderie experience. And that's Mm -hmm. why the idea that we had to go to Red Lobster was, you know, for, for, look, like I just had no experience with Red Lobster. And it was just so fun to do something that felt like completely outside anything that I had experienced before with a bunch of people who we all felt like a little bit like weird aliens, um, you know, all from the East Coast. And, you know, we none of us had ever been to Wyoming or Cheyenne. And it was just this kind of like wonderful experience that we were thrown into. And we had a blast. I mean, I I think I still have a red lobster pendant. Wait, that is amazing. What did they you have out, at like, the red lobster? Mardi what did you Gras. have during this meal? I wish that I can't remember. You can't. Oh, really? Oh no. no. I was hoping that maybe you would be like, listen, get the clams no, casino I, I at like the red a, lobster. No, I feel get like the it was clams lobster casino. and shrimp. That's what I vaguely remember. That is that is that is truly an epic thing. I mean, to find a red lobster period in a landlocked state just feels like a miraculous. It feels like a mirage. Exactly. You know what I That's mean? what I'm saying. Part of the experience was like we're going to a red lobster. Right. Like, who knew? But I did. That's they fantastic. gave me this, the, these metallic Mardi Gras beads that were beads. red, and they had a huge lobster on the end of them. And, and I love the experience for so much. I think I still have that necklace. I, I couldn't have been more than twenty nine. Oh my god, that's fantastic! We gotta call. We gonna we gotta call them up, and we're gonna say, "Listen, we want to go because I would love to go." And I have been trying to get there to the one in Times Square, and now I think it became something else, which I'm worried about because I'm trying but to get there. Listen, we gotta find but out. But it's if not that the one same. It's Cheyenne gotta be in a landlock, exactly. exactly, and then we can go there. Okay, now in the spirit of kicking you out of here to get to your next meeting. We got to do our last and our last and final, our last okay. and final, last and final little rundown. You're going. Jeff Bezos called you, and he's in. He's investing one billion, two billion dollars instead of menopause. That seems and fair. Although that I seems prefer, fair. I think I, that's I fair. I would prefer it to be his ex-wife Mackenzie Scott if if we're going to be particular about it. Mackenzie, call Stacy. Yeah. What are you doing? Girl, what you doing? Call Stacy. Okay. I mean, That's she's giving one. away tons but he of money call- to really So Mackenzie calls you and mm-hmm. she's like, I want to go to space. Will you come with me? We're leaving tomorrow. It's your last day for un- for like a year or two years on planet Earth. Where are you eating? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, dessert, drinks. Oh my like, God. Give us, give us just like, so give, just give us a smorgasbord. Hard. I know it is a really hard one, but I like to do it more like a, this is not your last time here. You'll be back. I'll you'll be, be back. back. You can give space. us a different answer. Okay. No, no, you'll be, but yeah, also <laughs> you'll be back from space to come back on the show and to give us a different, this is just a snapshot in time. I think that makes it more attainable. You know, it okay. makes it okay. a little bit more okay. soothing. Okay. 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 Like, okay, this is just today. Just today. It's just today. Here we go. Um, I'm going to say that I'm going to, I'm going to let go of 
some of my dietary restrictions just yes because yeah because right, you get the of, full you got to do like the colonoscopy prep before you go to space right. anyway okay. i mean I'm, anyway, i made so that up fine. completely but yeah um, it's fine so i would say that definitely like my favorite thing every morning if i can have it honestly like i would not change this at all is a large matcha with oat milk from my favorite coffee shop mealy or my other okay. favorite coffee shop, Telegraph Cafe on 18th Street in Manhattan. Um, Neely is on Smith Street in, in Brooklyn. Um, wow. Neely also okay. has, uh, they, they bring in, you know, little pastries and things like that. There is a company called Sans Bakery, S-A-N-S. Oh, so good. Sans Bakery. is gluten-free. Yes. And they yes. make something called a Lamington, which I found out is an Australian baked good. Yeah. It is sponge cake covered in coconut but it has jam in the middle of it and it is like eating bliss <laughs> that's just the only way i can describe it it's like eating bliss and then if it's i really like had my druthers bliss. i would okay. go to lore for lunch and eat as much of the raw bar and the sushi as possible A but face their plant deviled into the raw eggs bar. are fantastic now, if I was also going to go to a place for deviled eggs, I would go to Blank Slate, where they make the best deviled eggs and the best gluten-free avocado toast. Here I am. I'm still, that, I'm so trained. I'm not even thinking about my non-gluten-free No, choices. but you know what? It's it's really, that's the beauty of it. And that's the beauty of our present day with, with these restrictions is the things that maybe you couldn't have had previously is now... There, there on the menu. Are and that options. gluten-free avocado toast is, is really, and bomb. I'm sure that their gluten-filled avocado toast is also the bomb because it's that hot honey on top, I it's think. It's the hot honey. And oh. it's also the way they put chili flakes on their yes. deviled eggs. They really know what they're yes. doing. Now, dinner would be a, a real toss-up for me. So I, I okay. just recently went to Saga, and I have to say mm. that was a four-and-a-half-hour dining experience, experience with some of the most incredible <laughs> food I have ever tasted in my life. I, I've, mm. I've just got to be honest about that. That is not the easiest restaurant in the world to get into, nor is it the most affordable. But I will say, if you have the opportunity in your lifetime to do it, go. Chef James Kent is a genius. Like, genius. a real fucking genius. genius. Like, the, the shit genius. It's a huge compliment and then coming from you. I also love Raul. And that's because oh, a, a cl timeless classic, classic, okay. classic good. Th that's a steak and martini restaurant, as well as martinis from the Carlisle. If you are going to go for one mar <sighs> martini in the city, the Carlisle is just hard to beat. Bad moments. Do you know what's upsetting, Stace? I just want to, I'm not trying to ruin anyone's day here, but I just want to tell you, Jeff, you've seen the, all of this press about, about Gen Z, the Gen Z takeover of Bemelman's. There's like, they have a line outside and a bouncer. Well, um, I, then I'm not going anymore. What? In which case I would say that if I was going to have to switch up my martinis, now martinis are good at Raul's, don't get me wrong, but I would also say yeah. the martinis that we had at Crown Shy. <gasps> Also epic. Oh, also James. Kent. Epic. Epic. But you want to know what? And I can't remember the name. I can't remember the name of this place. We might actually have to call him in, even though he might be on a call. I would. And also Is as a the snack. name of that martini, the best martini. I'm just going to add this to your list because I think it's on there and it's just, it's just in deep. Is that martini that we had in Lenox, Massachusetts? No, not Massachusetts. In Rhode Island. Oh. At the place where we, with the extra oh. olives and they brought us the side of the olives and they were on Ice. ice. So can I tell you, so there's another place, Hotel Kinsley in Kingston, okay. New York, 
make okay. a, like a dismantled, like a deconstructed oh. martini, which by the way, they also use olive oil. Now, some people are real sticklers about this, but there are more and more martinis oh. that have olive oil in them that are fantastic okay if you're having them with olives. And actually you can even do it with the lemon peel. And they put yeah. the vodka or the gin in a little beaker. Your glass is chilled. They put your olives and your lemon on ice. And then there's like a little bit of olive oil. It is ridiculous. So also highly recommend. Sounds amazing. Okay. And what about dessert or snack or cocktail, anything else that we're adding into this? I mean, it's your day. I know it's my day. I mean, I would also say that I would would probably put a biscuit in there somewhere. And if I was eating dairy, then I would want it with pimento cheese for sure. I mean, I'm also, again, um, I'm so out of the loop with like desserts that aren't gluten-free or dairy-free. So I have to give a shout out to Erin McKenna's Bakery because I buy all her donuts, her lemon bread, her ice cream cookies, which are dairy-free. I mean, I, that woman is a genius and she has made so many lives exponentially happier by making all of the things that she does. So I'm a big fan of her. Our Thanksgiving last year. And also... A little shout out to LA Cafe Gratitude, best cinnamon buns on the West Coast. Best cinnamon buns, gluten free, dairy free cinnamon buns, West Coast. East Coast, there is a Ooh. tiny little bakery <laughs> whose name I don't know in a secret location in Brooklyn that only I know. And if you want to know about it, then you're going to have to call me. <laughs> Good luck getting my number from Jack. I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'm going to have to get this. I got to get to this bakery except it's a little bit like it's like finding something invisible on a map. It's like <laughs> and my other my other recommendation, I mean the other recommendation, it's not really a recommendation, but the other thing I know I would definitely have during the day is a Coke Z. A Coke Z. I, I no mean question. a 1000%. There would gotta also wash be, this stuff down with a Coke Z in exactly. fact. Exactly. There would also be hot tamales, the candy, not not um tamales, the the food. Yeah. There would definitely be hot tamale candies. I think that there would probably be caramel and peanut butter M&Ms. And, thousand percent. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like those are those are those are the vices that I can that I can come up with for now. But then, mm. if I was to go upstate, I would definitely want a gluten free, dairy free pizza from the Laundrette in Narrowsburg. I would definitely, oh. definitely want the lamb chops from Hennings in Kachekton, and I would <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely want the smoked duck available at Narrowsburg Proper General Store. The smoked duck at it's the general store. Fabulous. And also the smoked trout. Sick. Amazing. Yeah. That is perfection. It's That's a, a lot. Perfect it's a lot day. in one day. No, but you know what? You but we're, we're imagining in this day, we've got a upstate. lot of places to go. Listen, I mean, we we've we have done this before. We've had to charter a jet go around the world. I mean, that's okay. That's okay. It's your day. We're doing Listen, what we it's want. It's my day. And as long as Mackenzie is like cool with using the jet, I mean, we don't want to leave too big a carbon footprint, but you know. It's one but, day. you know, for occasions like going this. To space. Exactly. <laughs> right. But you're going to <laughs> And Lord knows you're gonna eat powdered food or whatever, astronaut food in space. That that's I just know. gonna be such a bummer. I have so many questions about that. It reminds me of Star Magic, speaking of speaking of things from really my childhood, of Star Magic on Broadway and 8th Street, where they sold the strawberries that were freeze-dried strawberries, and they were like, this is space food. I, who knows if that's really true. I went to NASA, oh, right? One yeah. to do it, to do like a hit on t- to, to, yeah. to kill to do somebody. A- no. <laughs> to um, do a hit. You mm-hmm. know, to surprise somebody on what yeah. not to wear. 
And they had like astronaut food, like all these different kinds of like space food, whatever. I, I, I was like, no, no, thanks. No, I'll, thank you. <laughs> I'll stick, just, I'll I'll stick just with Earth a, food. I'll have a sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love, I love you. you. Thank you I for doing you so this. Much. Okay. Tell everybody before I leave you, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you can find me mostly on Instagram at Stacy London Real, but I'm also on Facebook <laughs> at Stacy London. Um, actually, it might be at Stacy London Official now that I think about it. Um, I'm Stacy London on Twitter, and we are Shop State of on Instagram and Beautiful. Facebook. And if you want to hit up the site, it's stateofmenopause.com. And, you know, to all of your listeners, like if nothing else, I hope this conversation was at least informative for you. You may not be yes. in menopause. But you're going to get there. Doesn't matter. Exactly. God willing, honestly. God willing. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, we got, we've had a lot. Okay. So, like, God willing, we get there. And then we need to know. And we need a lot. We need all the info we can get. We need it from the right sources. Right. So, get your nutrition source for my sister and get your menopause (laughs) source for me. But we're keeping it all in the family. Keep it in the family. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at JacquelineLondonRD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.